Hey guys, this is Alfredo. And this is Brian. And this is Film Purgatory. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. This week we had another double feature. A spooky double feature. Scary movies. Horror. I would say this is a horror with a lot of substance. Mm. I like these I like these two movies. Mm. A lot to think about with both, I think. For different reasons. But yeah. A lot to think about. You can say that, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're talking about The Wailing in 2016 and The Night House 2020. 2020. Yikes. But yeah, these are horror <laughs> horror thriller movies. and um, The year is scarier than the movies? Yeah. That, that was a scary aspect <laughs> of this episode. But um, horror thriller, like you said, strong movies. Something to think about. Complex, you can say? Yeah, I'll... I would I would say definitely complex. Both of these mm. pretty good, pretty well written stories. I think. Starting off, let's start off with the wailing. Since I'm gonna start off with the wailing. I feel like we always discuss the order for no reason. Yeah, I don't know. We can just jump into it. So the wailing is from 2016. It's a horror thriller, two hours and 36 minutes. Brian, this is a long one. It's uncharacteristically long for its genre, mm-hmm. but every minute is worth it. I think. I did not feel those two hours and 30 minutes. You know how there's some movies where you definitely feel it? Batman. Fight me, Maria. This movie, in contrast, did not feel that way. It was very enjoyable. And like you said earlier, there's a lot of substance in this movie. You can definitely pick up a lot of little details that you can appreciate while watching this movie. And I think it was very well paced. Uh, Overall, a very good story. Very good story told. Uh, Director is Na Hong Jin. That's right. I practiced that one. Let me tell you something. I'm very proud of your of your efforts for pronunciation because they've surpassed mine. I don't I don't even try. I'm just like y'all give it my best. But but you really have been practicing. Oh, that's good for you, man. I've been I've been looking stuff up. Jin is the one who made uh, the Chaser, uh, the Yellow Sea, and the Medium. The Medium. You know I gotta watch that. I've been I've been fiending to watch it. This is Jin's third movie, third feature film. The cast on this one is gonna be another test. Another test. I'm sorry. With the uh, pronunciation. With the pronunciations, we'll see. Chun Wu He. Okay, okay, okay. Right, I like that. Right. I like that. Wang Ju Min. That was good. Okay, okay. okay. All right. Kim Do Yo. I like that one. Okay, that one really. Okay. That see that shows me that you've been practicing. Okay. And Jun Kunimura. That was impressive. All right. Good for that's you, it. bro. I'm, I'm done for the you. episode. This is it. Good that's, for you, bro. I'm, I'm okay. Good. I'll take over I'm... for the rest of the episode. <laughs> This is uh, Jun Kinamura's first Korean film after spending 35 years as a Japanese actor in Japanese cinema. He went to Korea. He went to Korea. That's a smart move. It's a, it's a very strong performance for being his first Korean film. Yeah. Very good. Um, again, guys, these are these are this is a foreign film, so it's not uh, out of this world that you don't know these actors or anything like that, or you don't follow if you're not into foreign films. It's okay for you not to know any of these actors. Me, myself... Or even heard of the movie. Yeah, it, at all. Me, myself, I'm not that familiar with a lot of these guys. But that's not to say that they are putting out spectacular work in a lot of different films and a lot of different installments. I would say that Korean cinema rivals mm-hmm. Hollywood. That I w- And I really would stand by that statement. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen so many good Korean films 
that I'm like, yo, these are so much better quality than, than I would say like 80% of the movies that Hollywood is putting out. I don't know if I can say that because I haven't seen as much Korean film to make that comparison. You know, we're so used to the Western cinema that yeah. we, we are accustomed to big blockbuster movies or good quality movies. But, you know, it, it's it's okay to venture out every now and then to different types of movies. I've, I've been interested in Bollywood to see what that's all about. Okay, now you lost me. Uh, it, it's good to see the world, you know, the world type of Oh, of I, I, I've seen like two. Yeah, I won't go back. <laughs> I'm good. I gave it a chance. Fair chance. But solid performance from these actors, solid writing from, uh, I guess, this, this production team. The story is nothing too complicated. You know, there, there's a mysterious illness that's uh, killing a lot of people in this small town in South Korea. And this illness is attributed to a Japanese man who represents uh, an evil spirit. So some police officers who is including John Go or Gu, that counts. Okay, that okay. counts. Yeah, that counts. Close enough. <laughs> uh, they decide to go up to the mountains where this alleged Japanese man, who ironically is played by Jun Kinamura, who is a Japanese. The Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they decide to go to his place up in the mountains to check this out. And when they do, they find um, this shrine and a lot of articles that belongs to a lot of different people. The victims. The victims. And one of which was Jong's daughter. It was a shoe. Oh, well, let's clarify. I forget that we forgot. The, it wasn't victims of like specific homicides or shit like that. It's more that there's like a virus that's breaking out in little villages. And then what happens is they, they, like, massacre each other. Right. And then when they get there, it's it looks like a, a slaughter. Everybody's dead, bleeding out. They look well, ugly and nasty. Yeah, that's why they're attributing this to this uh, evil spirit. That's what I... Right. To the Japanese man. So, Jong finds the shoe of his daughter. Obviously, he's he's worried. Um, and coincidentally, after this event, after these events happen, uh, Jong's daughter falls ill to the same type of virus or the t- same type of symptoms that other people had in this virus. Yeah. So out of desperation, Jong's family contacts and schedules uh, a meeting with a shaman to try to take this evil spirit out of his daughter. Not too long after, a mysterious lady approaches Jong trying to warn him from the shaman and trying to convince him to not do the ritual. But Jong, concerned of his daughter, you know, obviously he's, he doesn't know who to trust the shaman this girl he's jong is concerned for his daughter and he goes along with the ritual and unfortunately spoiler alert spoiler alert unfortunately this backfires and uh, they fall right into the evil spirits trap who was working with the shaman and murder the entire family so they too are massacred by this evil spirit and the shaman which was a little twist at the end. You know, the, the mysterious lady was trying to help Jong this whole time. Right. But it was hard to believe that. Right. Because so, so, the whole film feels like a... You know the, on, the, on the playgrounds, that slide that goes round and around, like all the way to the bottom, like right. around the a center axis, you know? Uh-huh. That's how this movie felt like. Right. Like a ride that just kept going back and forth, back and forth. And you don't know mm. who to believe, who to trust. And I like these movies. And I think we tend to bring these movies up because they kind of tend to be the better quality ones where the experience of the audience parallels the experience of the protagonist right. or, or the people in the, the film in general mm-hmm. like what it is they're feeling can you get the audience to feel the same way using a score using a cinematography good dialogue you know everything 
And this movie does that perfectly. Right. You really are as confused as everybody and as the detectives and who the fuck do I trust? Who is the real evil spirit? Who's good? Who should I listen to? What should I actually do? I don't know what's happening and I don't know how to, you know, cure the ail the ailment that is uh, has come upon my daughter or, right. or the villages, whatever. Um, so I really appreciate this movie for that. It was a thriller. At the end, it was a thriller that was an enjoyable ride. And I got to say, uh, Na Hong Jing, the director, did a fantastic job in taking you into that adventure. He, he combined a lot of elements into this movie. Uh, it was unnerving. It was thrilling. You had no idea what was going on. It's a supernatural element into it, thrown into it as well. And a lot of this movie had to do with Korean religion or uh, Korean folklore. Yeah. So it was a nice combination of a lot of different elements that came together and made this movie so good. Uh, in fact, this is Ari Aster's favorite horror movie within the last 10 years. That says a lot. Yeah, Ari Aster is the director of Hereditary and uh, unfortunately Midsommar. <laughs> but, um, and he will be doing uh, something Boulevard uh, with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. But what is it called? Joaquin. I don't know. It's Disappointment Boulevard. Mm. It's coming soon. Uh, I kind of like that little fact because it's was... like it's like it makes me feel good. Okay, right. I find high quality films for, <laughs> for other people. That's good. Right. Um, but you know, again, this this is not uh, a mind blowing story in a writing standpoint, but it was done so well. It was that uh, it really elevates this movie to another level. IMDb gave it a seven point four. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a ninety nine percent. Film 99%? Print. 99%. Wow. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. So, um... And keep in mind, I know, I mean, maybe you agree with me, but I've made it clear, like, I've kind of stopped looking at Rotten Tomatoes for any significant feedback. Mm -hmm. I, I would say, unless they're in the bottom 10% or the top 5%, as in, like, anything 95 and above, anything below 10%, you can believe that. Like, that's right. an extreme that you can at least follow. But right. if a movie has 80% or if a movie has 40%, it really doesn't mean anything. I'm actually disappointed because I value IMDb a little bit more. I do. And uh, 7.4 seems a little bit too low. You know why? Mm. Because I think IMDb relies on the audience. Mm. Same way as uh, uh, Voodoo scores. Right. It's kind of just relying on the people. And if you notice, number one, people tend to not like foreign films because they don't like the subtitles. Right. Even though many people use subtitles with English-speaking movies anyways. But whatever. So it's like a bias. And on top of that, as we've mentioned before, the styles of filmmaking in different countries do vary. It's not the same as the way we see it here. Right. So if you're not used to it, and you, for whatever reason, decide, I'm going to watch this Korean film, mm -hmm. and immediately the style throws you off, and it's two and a half hours, it's going to lower the score. I, this is my opinion. Well, to keep in, uh, I guess, in the same ballpark, uh, Rotten Tomatoes does have a critic score and an audience score. Okay. And the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes gave an 86%. Okay. So that's more or less closer to what IMDb gave it, which is true. Um, IMDb does subcategorize it in, within the gender, within age groups. So And then it gets an overall score, which would be the 7.4 out of everybody. So it's more or less sub-great. Not subpar, but sub-great. It's, it's, it's pretty high up there. Yeah. Still a decent movie. Um, film Purgatory Score. Give it a solid nine. I'll give it a nine. I agree. It's a good, Fuck. really good film. Damn. <laughs> you have to go first. Speaking of great, though, another great movie, The Night House. The Night House. Night House was uh, from 2020. Horror thriller again. One hour and 48 minutes. This is a lot shorter than uh, yeah. the previous movie. 
And it went by fast, for me at least. It I did thought. go by fast. It was pretty good. Uh, the director was David Bruckner. Bruckner was the one who made The Ritual. He was co-director of VHS, the first one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he made like a little segment there. Okay. Uh, and Hellraiser from 2022. Well, it's it's not even it's yet to be released. It's right? yet to be released. Okay, I'll give it a try. Um, I don't have high expectations because the previous yeah. one was really really bad. Right. Uh, so I think they just need to put Hellraiser to sleep. I think mm. it was good for its time. Maybe its time period accepted maybe that like, concept. Maybe like the first two. That's it. Maybe the first two. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's sad, but right. He will always be a classic. Right. Pinhead will always be a classic. Yeah. Anybody who can pull off that costume is gonna look sick. Oh yeah. But enough with the movies. Actually, Pinhead's going to be played by uh, Jamie Clayton. It's a woman. Uh, but is, is, is Pinhead going to be explicitly a woman? Uh, I'm not sure. Because, I mean, in the original movies, Pinhead was a human man. Right. Who eventually became this sadistic spirit from hell, whatever. I guess so, it... I don't know. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. Like, it just... It's just Pinhead. As long as it looks cool, I don't care. Right. Okay, so, like, the point is that David is a horror enthusiast. He's a horror director, a horror genre lover. I see that. Which can be appreciated in this movie as well. Big names in the cast. Rebecca Hall. We've talked about her before. She's done a bunch. Very great actress. I uh, respect her a lot. I like her work. I think uh, I would like to see her in more Mm. before I put her on you know like a little pedestal right she's been around a while but i feel i haven't seen enough to really i guess propel my opinion hmm. and, you know to, to a higher level but she is good and whenever i see her name i think okay it's it's kind of a, an opportunity for her right because i do see her as maybe even a better Anne hathaway she she i feel hmm. like she has that potential okay um in this movie it shows it hmm. i thought she did really good in this movie um the last thing i think i saw we saw her in was uh godzilla versus kong yeah I remember she was in there a little bit, but in the night house she did fantastic. the mm. The role was pretty straightforward. I don't think there was anything complex about the the role itself, the character. Right. It was like you could have told me that's Rebecca Hall's real personality, and right. I would say, okay, I believe it. But then that's even more of a credit to the actress right. that that I didn't believe she was acting. She- not even in the emotional moments or like uh, regular non scary moments, but even in. The horror moments and the suspenseful moments. She sells it well. Right. I think she's a great horror actress. She uh she actually appreciated this movie because it was a nice change of pace compared to her uh, Kong vs Godzilla. I said what I said. Uh, you stay with movie. <laughs> but um, fantastic actress Sarah Goldberg. She's from the show Barry. I haven't seen. It. I've heard of good things, but yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Evan. Johnny Kite. Is he the, the husband? Yeah, that was uh Omar? Owen? Owen. That was Owen. Owen. Yeah. Owen yeah. He was in Archive 81. That was a Netflix show? Yeah. You seen that one? No. I did. But I, I see like it always pops up for me. Yeah, it, it always showed up. It just never grabbed my attention. Strong cast. Limited cast. It was strong nonetheless. It was pretty good. Uh another one that uh, I don't think relied too much on a lot it just I think it was uh, it didn't need the fluff it was angles and music mm. I would say those are the two main pushing aspects of this of this movie that, that really kind of they shove it in your face 
so you get the drift of, you get sorry you get the gist of it and mm-hmm. uh, there was a scene and I think you remember exactly which one where it gets really really loud and you're you're forced to be like oh like it, you know it gets you like really tense not right. scared but very tense and oh my god mm-hmm. you know like shut it off you know it's kind of like if somebody were to wake you from uh, your slumber right. with two huge speakers by your bed and they're blasting Metallica or something you know it was that feeling of like shock and oh it's so loud whatever you turn it off um that scene was uncharacteristic, I would think, because jump scares in horror usually are quick, right? These these loud sounds are quick. Right. That's what they're. That's what we're used to, and whatever we jump and we're, we we move on. But this one was so prolonged that instead of it being scary, it was suspense. I felt so suspense, suspenseful, and so tense. Right. For like what thirty seconds, mm-hmm. an, a minute, but it feels long. You mm. know, almost like if if you were. Um, in an actual haunted house, you get scared the entire way that you're walking through, or something like that. Right. I really like that scene. That's probably my favorite scene. So just to go over the story a bit, it's a pretty simple story. Mm. It's essentially a woman who is dealing with the, I guess, grieving process of losing her husband. Right. Unfortunately, her husband actually killed himself. So right. I think this movie kind of wants to. I don't want to say shove it in your face, but I think they make it a point with the with the vibe that is giving off that. It's harder to give. It's harder to deal with when it's their choice, mm-hmm. you know, to like leave you with this pain and leave you with the loneliness and right. and uh, and again, not not trying to say I promote it or I support that, right? Because it's a, that's a touchy subject. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get into it, but that's the feeling, at least that I got from the director, from the writers. I felt like uh, she was having a harder time moving on because of mental health issues that he had, and then as the movie goes on, she reveals that she herself has dealt with things in the past but her husband was the reason those things were or or these issues were kind of I would say uh, at bay at bay or or, or like um, what's the phrase Uh, swept under the rug kind of thing that's kind of the feeling I got throughout the film uh, in terms of her mental health right so as the movie's going on um, you're not sure what it is she's experiencing the confusion sets in just how the wailing you're, you're feeling their confusion um, and, and desperation she, you're feeling her confusion and desperation because she feels that her husband her late husband Owen is coming back from the dead to like communicate with her or make contact you know like some of these or most of these supernatural films but right. you know as the movie goes on without spoilers you're revealed more and more and, and the story gets a little deeper and like I said, at, towards the, at the end, you you come to realize that it has a it's a lot deeper than you thought it was mm-hmm. in relation to uh, mental health. Right. Well, because like there was one point where she did mention that you know she had died. Yes. Uh, what was it? She was in a car accident. Yeah, or? it was a pretty bad car accident. She had to be airlifted. She said she was dead for thirty seconds. Right. Um, and or two minutes. She had lied to people, telling her telling them that. Um, she didn't see anything, you know, because right. people asked her, like, oh, what did you see? You were dead for quite some time. What did you see? And she had told them nothing, but that was a lie. She did see something, but we don't know what that something was. So, I mean, w- without spoilers, that does play into the the ending a little bit. So it is a it is a good movie, and it's worth not spoiling for you, yes. you guys. So I, we do recommend watching this movie and trying to appreciate the little details that you had mentioned before. You know, we we had talked about it separately. Um, there was a breadcrumb trail left yeah. for for you, so you can figure it out. But um, there's a lot of mystery in this movie. There's a lot of uh, I wouldn't say twist. Um, I think it's it's pretty straightforward. There's subliminal yeah. messaging, right, right which right. Uh, we can appreciate. Um, but overall, it was it was very well told. 
yes. the way they told the story was, was very well made and it's not in your face it's not too over the top like I said there's no fluff on this one right, right. it's it's just very well made it's 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 greatly paced honestly right and uh, acting was I mean the little there was was, was phenomenal I thought because right. it was really just all Rebecca Hall right and uh, I guess for the, the few scenes that her husband appears in mm-hmm. but uh, you know you have some co-workers and random actors but they were so minor you know mm-hmm. that, that like you said it's not really you not even considered acting it's just like right. some random people through them. but it, the movie is really uh, condensed into the house and mm-hmm. the surrounding woods and with Rebecca Hall right it's kind of that's, uh, uh, that's the whole movie Mm-hmm. And you, I know that make, I would make it sound that it could be like a little slow for that reason, or that it gets that it may be redundant with the similar scenery, but it really is not. Mm-hmm. And I want to make that clear: the, the the story is told in a way where the, it'll fly by. That time will fly, and you're the whole time you're thinking that there is a twist, and there isn't so much. Like you said, there, there's not really a twist. It's kind of more like a lead up, mm-hmm. which to me is more of a, I consider it as we've talked about a reveal, mm-hmm. which isn't the same as a twist. That's my opinion. Okay. Um, there is a review. It's a small review, but again, not worth mentioning because at the end, the real twist is, I guess, the realization as a viewer when you realize what the movie is really about and what it's really showing you and telling you and trying to express. Right. To me, that was the best part. You know, was how they told it, and then all that aside, like I said, just the little scenes where they play on the angles, the little illusions that they did. I love that. The, the sound, the score so was phenomenal. Right. So the movie is visually pleasing. Right, great acting. The tone is absolutely phenomenal. Right, you know what I'm saying. And at the end of the day, you did have moments of getting scared, mm-hmm. which is at its foundation, the purpose of a horror movie. Right. So I, I think this is one of those few movies that checks off all boxes. No sir. No sir. It doesn't check off one. It I would is. say this box I don't consider for me, but for you, I know it's not checked. I cannot. I cannot. No titties. No titties. It's okay. It's a, it's a box that isn't always checked. We it's, understand. It's, it's like okay. It's it's not like Rebecca Hall is is, is foreign to, to showing them off. I've seen them. I can. Yeah. Show, I'll send you the link later. But like, come on, you know. Do you per, do you go to those websites that show off and like they specifically tell you every celebrity that's ever gotten nude? Younger me has done his homework. Okay, so younger you was sick. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, how about this? We have to compromise. Hmm. The girl from Nymphomaniac was in this movie. Which one? You didn't expect that, did you? Which one? You didn't recognize her. The blonde? No, the main girl. The main girl from Nymphomaniac. The main actress. No way. That was her in the bookstore. The one that she brought back to the house. I know I know I'm throwing you off, but it's the truth. So technically You're lying. You're such a liar. Why would I lie? It's You're just look lie. it up. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> the point is. We've seen her, not just her breasts. I mean, we've seen everything, and she hasn't had sex on screen. Like, like this is everything was real that was going on in this movie, *Nymphomaniac*. I know we're getting sidetracked, but right. let's compromise. You've seen more than enough from this one actress in this movie that it should qualify. All right, fine. I'm gonna raise it like 0. Right. 0.25. That's it. All right. I'm not gonna do more. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, IMDb gave it a 6.5. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 87. Film Purgatory score. I give it another nine. You're so fucking dramatic. No, both of these movies are, are fantastic movies. I would recommend them at any time. I would not put The Night House over The Wailing. No, not over The Wailing. I, I cannot do that. So, that being said, I'm going to give it an 8.5, but an 8.75 
because, because I'm honoring the 2.5. So. Oh, so the 0. 0.25. 0. 0.25. Okay, okay. I'm honoring it. Don't want to, but I have 8. to. 8.75. But that's still quite a large score. That's fine. Uh, sorry, yeah. quite a high score. It's decent. Because for the most part, I feel we, for, for many weeks, we would be like, oh, 7, 8, right, 7. Right. And then sometimes we'd be like, ah, 6, you know, 7.5, whatever. So when you when we come across these movies that we're really putting these high ratings, it's for a reason. Good quality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good quality movies. Uh, these are films that will hold over time. Again, substance. All the boxes are checked. Right. And it's really about preference or, or bias. Mm. But for me, this movie definitely hits that, that elite tier of, of 9 and over. Yeah, you can watch... These movies in several different places. You can watch The Night House at HBO Max. To the max. To the max. Uh, the Wailing, I mean, where can you not watch it? Tubi has it. Pluto TV has it. Amazon Prime has it. Um, I think you can still rent it on Voodoo, too. Voodoo's, you can have it for free. Oh, for free? Yeah. Okay. So, it's a foreign film, so... Oh, uh, nobody watches Yeah, nobody wants to watch it. That's sad. Yeah. Oh, it's You know, I understand because most moviegoers are casual. Right. So, I, I guess I'm not mad at it. I understand. There's very few people I would say like us. It's the whole reason why we started the podcast. Mm. Most people are just casual, which is fine. Nobody right. has to be a, a, a huge cinema buff like, like we are. And it's like music. I'm not really that into music. I like my music, but mm-hmm. I, I have never been to festivals or I don't even like concerts that much live music is not right. so I get it everybody has their thing and right. and their things there where then they don't have that much interest in, so mm. it doesn't bother me mm. but uh, I appreciate talking about the intricacies of these movies because I see them as this huge work of art oh, yeah. it's so difficult to execute well we've said it before you know uh, movies are are stories and stories are the oldest form of entertainment we have right. so uh, that's we, our slogan or we, that's our slogan yeah copyright not really <laughs> not really but uh, definitely check it out, guys, if you have not already. Um, Brian, what have you seen anything recently that you want well, to talk about? We both caught up on Stranger Things. Right. We both have finished uh, the first half of the last season. Is that right. what it is? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's the last season. We oh, mentioned I, it last week, but like, I don't oh, know. Oh, I thought if they confirmed is, it. I, I'm not sure. Oh, my bad. Never mind. I take that back. I apologize. I thought that it was confirmed that it was the last season. It may not be. It could be. I hope so. I hope it is. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, I mean, what do you think? I was pleasantly surprised. That would be the best way to describe it. Number one, pacing was excellent. Mm. Excellent. Compared to season three. Excellent. Episodes were longer, yet I felt they went by faster and I was more engaged mm-hmm. compared to season three. And I'm specifically saying that because to me, Stranger Things took a huge dive with season three. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really short. And, and I was trying to binge it to wait until it got good and then finally it got good and then the episode ended and it turns out it only got good in the final episode for me yeah I'm just maybe I'm not a, that big of a fan of Stranger Things but I felt this season so far the first part is like light years better than season 3 the story itself is way better mm-hmm. you said that the payoff was worth it and it was mm-hmm. I thought uh, the concept that they're doing way better just everything about it every box you can think of this season was better oh yeah uh, I think it, as a in, a in a writing standpoint, it was uh, very well made. I like shows and movies not having insignificant details, and I feel like this show, as a writing standpoint, it did that. Um, and you guys are gonna see, like, if you watch the the season towards the ending, everything's gonna make sense. It was it was fantastic. It was done great. Uh, I would say that the the pacing was great. The tone was good. Uh, I like the new characters. New characters were good. I think they uh, they bring something extra. Stranger Things has done one thing great, and that would be reminding us that the 80s were a, a fun time. 
So true. That feeling was there. The music was there. The feeling was there. It was very genuine. Um, so it, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I enjoyed the season, but I would not be interested in watching anything more. When um, the season concludes. When the season concludes, I mean, hopefully, uh, you could just end on on a high note, or at least a good note. At this point, uh, we've seen it too many times where these shows just continue to see success and and, and prolong this inevitable end, and it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So, hopefully, this one does end. Uh, I think the the second part only has like two episodes, so they should be concluding it sometime soon. And hopefully, Wait, the, the second part has what? Two episodes. That's it? Yeah. Um, don't know why. Don't know why they're doing two episodes. But I am upset. I mean not like Drake. It's just, it's, just, upset. it's just how else are you gonna prolong the ending? The way they left it, there's no way. Like more than two episodes is, is too much. Then you're just adding filler and at that point, you know, just stop. I would have liked the whole thing all at once. But Netflix, we've talked about this before. Netflix is doing that thing where, you know, they're splitting seasons into two, so you'd be more invested. And fuck, it's working. I think Stranger Things set a record for how many two two hundred million hours yeah. watched. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So you know, it's working, and right. they're not gonna stop anytime soon. So hey, Stranger Things Part Two is gonna come out July first. Hopefully, they finish off strong. It'll probably be like long episodes. If it's just two, they Most might likely. be like two hour episodes each. Most likely. And we're still gonna binge that bitch. But anyway, guys, that'll do it for this week. Conclusion by Brian for now. Next week, Alfredo. <laughs> Next week, we're going somewhere special. We're going to go to the beach. We are going to the beach. And we're going to hang out with the one person. If the weather permits. If the weather permits. The one person. Who hates the beach. Who wears sweaters. At the beach. At the beach. That's Leo. Leonardo eyewear cardigans at the beach. DiCaprio. I thought you were going to make fun of Maria again. No. Because she hates the beach. Oh, no. I think it's been it's been enough. Okay. A couple jabs. Poor girl, right? We kind of yeah, got it's a okay. little heavy on her. Yeah, you got to space it out. She don't deserve it. Space like. it out. <laughs> but yeah, guys. Uh, next week is going to be an actor's week. Going back to actors. And we're, we're going to do The Goat. Greatest of all time. I don't want to hear it. Greatest of all time. Pretty so strong. Far, so far. Uh, That's tough. Leonardo. Leonardo DiCaprio. He's a beast. Damn, I'm so fucking excited. What it's a, a good, It's going to be, yeah, you should be out of your mind excited. You. Prince. Yeah. <laughs> prince of men. But uh, it, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Actors Week. It's been a while. The last one we did with uh, did not did not age well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to do it, guys. Uh, before we finish this one, I do want to blindside you a little bit, Brian. I'm gonna blindside you. With what? I want to take this time to uh, to appreciate my co-host and and, and oh, brother. Oh um, Brian, happy birthday! This is uh, your appreciate birthday it. week. I, I really, I really hope that this year is uh, this year's celebration is is everything you wanted and more. We really appreciate you from me and and all of our friends and all of our fans. Film Purgatory appreciates you. Thank you so much. Happy birthday, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was unexpected. You yeah. definitely threw me off. That's right. Uh, with that one. Um, thank you. Uh, that was heartfelt. I don't know what to say. Just <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for coming out. But please don't forget to turn notifications on all your streaming services <laughs> so you know as soon as we drop the latest episode. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.